You're back with me, Dan. And Aaron. How are you doing, Aaron? I haven't seen each other in a while. It's felt like too long. <laughs> I'm good. Just working from home and... Uh... Yeah, things are well. Do you want to give an update on your situation? How's things with, uh, unfortunately, you lost your job? Anything going in terms of job hunting? or? Um, yeah, I've applied for a couple of jobs. I've um, Thanks to the government allowing that um, 30, 30, yeah, that, that's not a number that should come into it, the 80% um, sort of um, for long, I've been allowed to receive that um, for the next couple of months, but I'm not allowed another job until then, and it's not like anywhere good hiring anyway. But yeah. um, I have applied for one or two jobs just for when it's all done. Um, oh, good stuff. But yeah, in my spare time, I've been doing quizzes. <laughs> oh, good but, stuff. Uh, I'm trying to like set up a few for my friends, but uh, well, Aaron, just find just, the questions. I've just done it. So basically, we did one on Friday. Right. Very drunk, and. Uh, because I won, I I got to do the next one for next Friday. Okay, but um, in the meantime, I sort of mentioned it to one of my other friends, uh, and she was like, "Oh, I just want a Disney quiz because it was a Disney round in the last one." Okay, so I've spent all of my day to day doing a Disney quiz. Oh, unreal! Especially with I know Disney you love Plus Disney. coming out. Especially with but, Disney Plus coming out, it's just I perfect. Know. I've got um, not that anyone in this podcast will care, but we've <laughs> got um. A live action remix round. We've got a round about the parks. We've got a Disney Channel, like the old school Disney Channel and Disney Plus round. Class. Um, we've got the cartoon classics. We've got a Pixar round. We've got a we've got a geography round in there. We've got oh. a music music round, and I've done a rolling round where each answer it leads into the next question. Class. So, what do you? What app do you use? Or also, we're just using. Sorry, for anyone that wants to do a quiz of any kind, we should do one. We should do a Champions League quiz. Um, uh, you just go on Zoom, Zoom. Right. But um, I think you're only allowed up to forty minutes on it. Okay. Um, but one of my friends is, uses it for work, so he's got an account. So we were using that last time. I don't know whether you can just sort of log in and log off again. I don't know whether you can exploit it that way. Okay. Um, but I'm sure people can use Skype. It depends on how many people you've got. Okay. If you've got. Less than I think some some like apps only allow eight people like FaceTime or Skype or something like that. Right. Um. So it depends on how many people you got. We had like sixteen teams or something for the last one, <laughs> uh, and I've got loads for the for the Disney one as well. So um, but if you want to do the Disney one, I can invite you. I mean, you'll have to deal with people drunk and swearing, but other than that, <laughs> you're more than welcome to join it, Aaron. Yeah, um, I'll I'll let you know. I'll <laughs> um. But in the meantime, yeah, we. other than that, I've been playing on uh, my PlayStation. I've played a lot of Days Gone. I know it's pretty old now, but have you played that? No, I haven't. Uh, Aaron, you find the slightest thing intense. So <laughs> I think this might give you a heart attack. It's, oh, no. It's basically a zombie game. It's like an open world zombie game. Okay. But one of the features, like one of, like instead of having like loads of different types of zombies... Uh, you have a few different types, but one of the things that you've got is the horde. So, have you seen World War Z? Um, or even I saw the trailer first half. Like, I've saw the first half because it was too intense. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> have you seen the trailers at all? Where like, yeah, all, yeah. Where there's like thousands of zombies, and they're all in like a big horde running for you, and like they can climb. Mm-hmm. And like, basically, it's that. 
Okay. Um, and obviously they're all making horrible sounds at you and jump out. You are horrible. But I'm doing. I haven't played on it before. I've just started on survival mode, so everything's like much harder. There's like less ammo. The harder to kill. So it's it's been pretty. It's it's been an intense quarantine for me, and oh, also perhaps. a little bit meta, obviously, with the the fact that it's about a virus murdering <laughs> everyone. Uh, but yeah, other than that, we um, we've tried to put together a little Champions League podcast this week for everyone. And Aaron, it was your turn for the idea this time. So do you want to tell everyone what it was? Yes. So we are going to rank the Champions League finals from 1999 to 2009. So that's a nice round 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we... Um... You had mentioned it, and you said to sort of split it off into two years of of ten. But I didn't think any Man United fans would ever forgive us for leaving out the ninety nine final. Also, the ninety nine final being my first final, I thought, oh, yeah, we'll stick it in. That's the first of my memory. This challenge yeah, but... was considerably easier for me than it was for you. How were, how did you prepare for this? Because you weren't old enough for quite a few of these finals. No, so I only saw two of these finals when they happened. Obviously, Man United, Chelsea, and yeah. the Barcelona Man United. We've been over that. Yeah. So, I'd I'd known some of the stories and I'd seen some of the highlights, but watching extended highlights for matches that I'd never seen before. Yeah. It was quite cool, especially when there's been no football, to kind of live that moment of I don't know what's going to happen is this attack going to lead to a goal Yeah. so even though I knew the final result it was still cool watching footage of football that I'd not seen before Yeah. so I enjoyed it no that's really good I enjoyed it as well to be honest with some players there like from my youth and from playing FIFA 99 and all that sort of thing there were also some really surprising performances um, and it's sort of one thing I want to talk to you about for each of the games is did the big player turn up? There's one that I'm looking at that people are going to rage quit on us. But I watched the game <laughs> and I just thought, I, I remember. I actually remember watching the game live and thinking the same thing and just brought back all my memories of, oh my goodness, how is this player playing so badly when he's incredible? Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, we do need to get a top 10. So Aaron, you were inspired by the... Um, Match of the Day podcast that I've been on. They've been really good, to be fair. Have you listened to them both? Yeah. Well, no, I've not seen the goal scorer one yet. That's oh, really good. Really, really funny, actually. Like, really, really oh, funny. Cool. Yeah. Especially um, with all three of them being strikers. Yeah. Linux is uh, a bit too early for it. It's for the Premier League. And um, <laughs> right, he actually gives up his spot for Andy Cole. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, Andy Cole is in the top five. Is he yeah. third or fourth? Is he third? Something like that. I think he's. He's really he's high. not that high because Lampard. Andy Cole. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to fact check right now. Premier League top goal scorers. Top scorers ever. It's in the Premier League website. And calls really good stats. Andy Cole's number three. Is he? Alan Shearer, Wayne Rooney, Andy Cole. Oh, I got that way wrong. Yeah, you got it very, very wrong. I was going to say, I mean, Frank Lampard's top goal scorer for Chelsea. No, he's he should be up there. He scored one hundred and seventy-seven goals. Yeah, he's a 
Yeah, I'm not saying he's not. <laughs> I'm just saying he's he's the highest scoring midfielder of all time. Yeah. Oh. Well, there goes my uh, credibility. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see if I've got more of the. Um... Of course, Wayne Rooney's second. Yeah, <laughs> I remember because at one point it was Alan Shearer, Andy Cole, Les Ferdinand, and it was uh, a question that all because um, all three of them had played for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't be bothered to look at that. No one cares. Um, but yeah, so we're going to work off the same sort of format as that, where we're going to do our, well, we'll say what's 11th, didn't make it in at the top 10. And then we're going to look at 10 to 6. We'll then do a 5 to 3, and then we'll look at the top 2. Might be some controversy in here. But again, Especially if there's like a younger listenership or whatever, I remember these games and the score lines don't often say everything about a mm-hmm. game. I wrote down all the finals, wrote down all the scores, and wrote down what I thought my order would be. Then okay. I went back and watched the only games I didn't rewatch were Liverpool Milan because I've seen it uh, for the three three. I've seen it a thousand times. Yep. Um, I just did not need to, to watch that again. Uh, and I didn't watch the highlights of Milan versus Juventus because why would I? I remember <laughs> that game. Uh, For the wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, it's 11th. Um, so, yeah, and then when I went through everything again, there was literally only one game that I, I moved down two places or three places and that moved the other ones up a place. That right. was literally, So my memory was all right for it. It was just one where I think I had some... Rose-tinted glasses, but yeah, um, we'll get into it, Aaron. Okay. What game didn't make it into your top 10? AC Milan versus Juventus. Yep, same for me. Nil-nil. Just, yep, <laughs> just both defences, and even the penalty shootout wasn't even that exciting. It was rubbish. It was absolutely awful. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's it's interesting to watch like a defensive masterclass by teams that are really well organised and then look to do something maybe on the counter or have a certain style of play. It doesn't have to be fully gung-ho to appreciate it. But in this game, the attackers just provided absolutely nothing. It, it wasn't a case of the defenders played outstandingly well. It was just both teams offensively didn't do anything. And the penalty shootout was a drab as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think the worst part about it was that the teams know each other and they play yeah. each other every year. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just, it doesn't add to the appeal of the Champions League when you, in my opinion, when you watch two of the same teams play each other. I agree. I really agree. When there's two teams from the same country, whether that's been. Um, so this was the second time that happened. The first was the 2000 for Real Madrid Valencia, but the Tottenham. Liverpool game, the Man United Chelsea game. The Man United Chelsea game was all right, but generally speaking, yeah, the, if it's two teams from the same country, it's a lot less interesting. Yeah. So we'll get into our top tens, and we'll do we'll do ten till six. So Aaron, what is your ten until number six? Okay, so tenth, I have Bayern Munich versus Valencia. Okay, good. Okay, ninth. Real Madrid versus Valencia, Porto versus Monaco, Barcelona versus Arsenal. <gasps> wow. 
we're going to have a heated one here. <laughs> yeah, And then Real Madrid versus Leverkusen. Wow. I uh, can't believe that. I'm writing down mine as well. So, my 10th place is Bayern Munich versus Valencia. Okay. <laughs> so, we're the same on that. My ninth place is Porto versus Monaco. Oh, God, I remember that game. My eighth place is Milan versus Liverpool. That's the 2-1. Okay. My seventh place is Real Madrid versus Valencia. And my sixth place is Man United versus Chelsea. Oh, wow. We have way different. Yeah. Right, so... Well, can both talk about the Bayern Munich Valencia game because that's both tenth. <laughs> um, yeah, it was rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I think the fact that the only thing that separated this one from the AC Milan Juventus was that there was actual goals scored <laughs> during the match. But even yeah. then, they were both penalties. The excitement, the most excitement was even from the two penalties. There was a penalty saved as yeah. well. And Oliver Kahn inspired. <laughs> Honestly, Especially was, in the shootout. Yeah, like, it's such a rubbish match, this. There was no chances. Even the Valencia penalty might be the worst penalty I've ever seen given. Not in terms of, like, it's not even up for debate of whether it is or isn't a penalty. I don't think anyone knows. It's just mm-hmm. laughable that that's ever... That there is a penalty in the Champions League final given for what happened. Basically, for anyone that hasn't seen it, watch it. But I'm still not sure whether it's a case of it's a foul for obstruction, but then it's been indirect free kick, even if it's in the box, or if the player handballs it, but then how is he meant to move his hand out the way? Because he's lying down on the floor, the defender, with Geiska Mendieta just hacking away at him and the ball. Mm-hmm. There's players everywhere. Such a mess. And the game was a drab. I just remember watching the highlights and just seeing people stop playing. And then being like, what's going on? And then I saw the ref pointing at the spot. Yeah. So I was like, oh, a penalty was given. Like, I just didn't even realise it was given. So bad. Um, Canizares, with some heroics in the first half, saving the penalty for Valencia. I loved Canizares growing up. He's blonde hair. Blonde hair. (laughs) It just... That Valencia team were really good back in the day. I mean, when you look at their back players... Back-to-back finals. Yeah, exactly. They were clearly a really good team. I'm sure they won the league around then as well. That's how they qualified. Um, under Benitez. But yeah, it was a, a really bad final. Like, those are easily the two worst on the list that we've had, the 10th and 11th. Yeah, uh, yeah right. agreed. So, I'm just trying to... leave. Who we've sort of got down here together. We've got the Real Madrid-Valencia game not too far away from each of them. We've got the Porto... Right, let's talk about Porto-Monaco. Okay. Because... Right, so you've got the Real Madrid-Valencia game as worse than the Porto-Monaco game. Yeah. So, do you want me to go into that or are we talking about the Porto yeah, game? Yeah, no, go for it. You go for why okay. you think the Valencia game is so worse So, again, than the Porto game. what I was saying before, that it's two teams from the same country... But I think as well is that it was it was Real Madrid were just dominant. When you look at the... Like, whenever I was watching the highlights, all the chances just kept going to Real Madrid. Yeah. And <clears throat> it was just kind of a, an outcome that you kind of... 
I don't know whether that's me not knowing the Valencia team back then, but with me knowing football with what it is now, if I saw them two in a final, I would expect Real Madrid to win. Yeah. So especially with Real Madrid being so successful in Europe up to that point as well, like before the Champions League, they were still yeah. successful in Europe. So it's kind of, they've been there, done it. When it was them two in the final, you kind of expected it. And it was just dominant from one side. I feel like it's kind of like Man City Watford. You, <laughs> the, that's six and bless them. Although Valencia is not as bad as Watford. Yeah, I mean Valencia. But just when it's one-sided, it's not a, a good final to watch, in my opinion. So that's why I've ranked them lower. Okay, I ranked the Porto Monaco game a bit lower. Um, because it was rubbish. I know there was three goals, but the quality. Of the two mm-hmm. teams, of all the finals on this list, these are the two worst teams. Yeah, like exactly. Mon- Monaco were Monaco had a few inspired players. Had Morientes up front, who was robbed. He got given offside a few times in that game. Where if VAR was around, Monaco probably would have won that final. And I always find it interesting to talk about the, the VAR thing now and. Is it ruining football? Is it good for football? I think we can all agree that it can be better than what it is. But like that rewrites history. Monaco, basically, there were a couple of chances where Morientes is through one-on-one with all the time in the world, and he's given offside for something that he's onside by two or three yards. And if he scores that, then Mourinho doesn't win the Champions League. And then what happens? What happens to that career? What ha- the entire everything could change? It's like a really little butterfly effect. Yeah, but I just found it amazing. That's the game I thought was going to be higher than I watched the extended highlights. And the quality of the teams was really poor. Really, no, really I, poor. I agree. Like you remember hearing about it, like all the time. Mourinho has won the Champions League with Porto. Yeah, and especially knowing what. The Portuguese league is like now, uh, they struggle to put a decent run in Europa League, never mind in the Champions League. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, wow, Porto won the Champions League. And then you go back and it was just kind of classic Mourinho, especially back in the day when his Chelsea team, like that was when he was still exciting, full of energy. But it was typical Mourinho tactics where we're going to defend well and nick a few goals. They didn't even defend well. and That's what I was most disappointed with. I watched that game, and you're right, I could see what they were trying, but they didn't do it very well. And the, yeah. again, they're inspired by a, a few players, um, and Monaco, some of their players had off days. Ludovic Julie, I don't know if you remember him. He was no. phenomenal. YouTube, if anyone doesn't know him, YouTube some of his, uh, his calls just a bicycle kick machine. But um, he signed for Barcelona after, on the back of this. He was absolutely a wonderful player for Monaco. Like I say, they had a couple of really inspired players in their team. But Porto, I think, were the favourites to win it just from who they beat on the way. Yeah. Although Monaco beat Chelsea in the semi-finals. Really good uh, Chelsea team. Um, with the Real Madrid-Valencia game, I put that higher... Because although it was dominant, sometimes 
So for me, yeah, fair enough. I'd love to see an end-to-end game. The Porto-Monaco game had a little bit of that, but with poor quality. I like to watch quality as well. Like, I like to sit down and go... Yeah. It's not... The FA Cup, right, being English, is one of those things where you just want the underdog to win. With the Mm -hmm. Champions League, I look at the final very differently. I want to see the best European team play football, and I I expect a level of quality around that. And I found Mm -hmm. that, for me, Real Madrid provided that quality because, you're right, they battered Valencia and Valencia were a good team um, and they just run them ragged and there was chances there was good chances there was really good play the fit good um, I mean Raul for the last one I noticed like the 90th minute or whatever it was and it's a hit on the break because they've sent everyone forward attacking but to just take the ball around the keeper onto his right foot and then the defender's coming back on the line and then he just he managed to hit it perfectly into the corner. It's just I was just sat there like no one else is trying that. That's so good. I mm. found that there were moments of quality in that game that were just completely absent in the Porto Monaco game. Yeah. And because of that, that's why I put the Milan Liverpool game there. This, so this is the two one, not the three three. Oh my God, I very, very, very distinctly remember this game. It's one of the worst games of football I've ever seen, Aaron. They were so bad. Like, everyone on that pitch was so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, the first goal summed it up. Perlo's had a free kick for the bottom left-hand corner, or the keeper's bottom right. Yeah, it's hit, that should have been saved. It's hit and zaggy. And then, obviously, it can't be saved because it's hit and zaggy, so it's going in. Yeah. And then, obviously, Nzaghi's wheeled off like he's scored a stunner. Um, Even the winning goal, I think the Italian commentator was probably the only part of that goal that makes you get excited to relive well, it. It was kind of Liverpool were going all out for the attack. Yeah. And great pass by Zaggy was there. That oh, was, yeah, yeah. That was the only moment of real quality in the game. Peter Crouch, when he came on, made a bit of a difference. I remember that. Hit. You got the corner, I think, for Liverpool's goal. But mm-hmm. every chance that either team had was from a mistake. Everything yeah. was from a mistake. I like. I just couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... The, I'm lost for words for how bad like Xabi Alonso played in that game. When he's an unbelievable <laughs> footballer. He's passing yeah, he like silk, and he was given the ball wherever a pearl or give the ball away. But if you look, if you look at the formation as well for that game, or if you look at Milan's midfield, they had Clarence Seedorf on the left wing and Gattuso on the right. That says everything yeah. about this game of football. Liverpool still couldn't beat them. Like it wasn't the powerhouse of the two thousand and five. Although I'd say arguably Liverpool's team was better. Mascarano on hold in midfield. It was mm-hmm. just... I remember that game. It was devoid of drama because Milan were 2-0 were up. Although, like, Liverpool had some good chances. Their best chances came at 2-0. And then they get the goal and they're like, oh, could this be? So I've waited. I've watched 83 minutes of garbage to get seven minutes of excitement at the end. Yeah. Um, it it was really poor from both teams and I expected a lot, lot more, which is why that game is just so low on my list. It was 
I didn't. I, I like I say, I remember staying up to watch it, being really excited. The last two finals were bangers in 05 and 06. I can't believe you, I, we need to talk about this, your seventh in a second. <laughs> um, but then you get this. I was like, all oh, right, so we're back to we're back to Porto Monaco levels, are we? Great. Talk about why you've put it so high later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, right, Aaron, get this off your chest then. Come on, Barcelona or Arsenal, seventh place. Yeah, so when I was watching the highlights, I don't know whether it was just the video that I watched. Okay. But when the goalkeeper gets red carded so early... In my opinion, it was only going to really go one way, especially so early in the game and Barcelona having the players that they did. like, And so, although Arsenal back then, unbelievable team. What a team. Like, let down by only a couple of players. Alexander Kleb and like Pascal Sigan at the time or something. And I don't... Maybe you can answer okay. this. Why was why was Bergkamp on the bench? I can't answer that. Was he not? Was he not like in his prime? No, then, it was wasn't it... prime Bergkamp. Then he was still quality. Though. I cannot remember. But Freddie Jumberg <clears throat> was one of the best players in the league at one point. And I imagine right. it was due to style of play. I'm like, to be fair, Bergkamp. Jumberg, Perez. I can't. This is the biggest shock for me. He took Perez off instead of Kleb. I'll never understand it. Mm-hmm. I'll never mm-hmm. understand how Kleb played in that game ever. Um, but Freddie Jumberg used to get beyond the forward, like he'd make those runs. Um, whereas he used to play as like a false nine, number ten, like forward. So it depends right. what tactics Arsene Wenger wanted to play. Um, but yeah, I, other than that, I cannot remember. He was, he was, he would have been getting on by then, Dennis Perkamp, I think, as well. Like, I don't think he was young mm-hmm. then. Um, but I remember watching that game, and I will tell you why you are wrong later. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> Sounds the one, good. But yeah, yeah. just so I, it might have just been the video that I watched and that's the disadvantage that I have yeah. of going back and watching these maybe me and you watch especially going back there's so many on YouTube we watch different videos yeah. and maybe the one I watched wasn't the best. really good I mean it was the shortest one oh, I watched that's not, that's not extent, good then like compared to compared to all the other extended highlights even though it had extended highlights in the name there's one with um, um, there's one with like Andy Gray as commentator and that's... Ooh, I don't know what commentary I had. It's on. I, did, well, I don't think it was... I don't know if it was Andy Gray, though. I would recognise Yeah, and it voice. was on for like five or six minutes because that's what brought back some things for that game. Um, but I'll talk about it. I'll talk about my feelings on that game later and I might be able to convince you. I reckon once I learn more about some of these games, it could very well yeah. move. Um, but... I think as well the winning goal for Barcelona could have been saved. Oh, for sure. Uh, granted, Almunia is a, Almunia. not a very good goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, I reckon Lehman would have saved yeah. it, but if he was on the field, fortunately, <laughs> he wasn't. Um, 
So that's the that's the reason I've got it so low, just because of that red card. You can kind of understand why the ball possession was so much yeah. for Barcelona. The what? And the... Uh, I think it was as well, just looking yeah. at the stats, Barcelona had 20 shots, nine on target, but that Arsenal defence... So good. Uh, Toure and Campbell, Ash- <laughs> that's just Ashley solid. Cole. Ashley Cole was yeah, unreal and... in that game. I remember how good he was in that game. I'm gonna right. Let's stop talking about it. It was an unreal. We'll get we get on to okay. it because I'm gonna talk about all the good things because you put it in seventh. You weirdo. Uh, <laughs> no, you get to talk about the rubbish parts. I'll I'll get to talk about the good parts. Um, okay. So you got good. Real Madrid versus Leverkusen in sixth. Yes. So the reason that this one is ranked sixth is because. I feel like Zidane's go- well, one Zidane's goal, unbelievable! <laughs> what a volley! I didn't realize it was actually in this match. Oh, did you not? <laughs> no, I didn't realize he had scored it in the Champions oh my god! Final. No, yes, that's what makes it also. So, so that's that's what adds to it because I remember watching it and being like, "Wow, that was really, really good goal," but I didn't realize it was yeah. against Leverkusen in the final. Of all times, and it was kind of like a Roberto Carlos is just hoofing it in the air to try and salvage yeah. the attack because the defender did really well. Yeah, and just out of nothing, you just can't. Oh stop my that god! Volley. Just picks out the air, doesn't he? <clears throat> just it's like you knew it was happening a week ago, a week before the game. He's like, oh, <clears throat> I can see this happening. Oh, what a goal! As if they were. Yeah, on it. he's unbelievable, Zidane. He's absolutely unbelievable. And people like comparing to Pogba and stuff. Like, shut up. <laughs> he says, shut up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, like, oh, who was better for Real Madrid? Zidane or Tony Cruz? Get a grip of your life. Um, but yeah, unbelievable. And I think the only reason that I had this lower than some of the other ones was the second half was a bit dull. It, well, in the okay, highlights, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should always I should always preface what I, my yeah. comment with according to the yeah, video. We all, I watched, we all know that other than the oh eight oh nine <laughs> finals, you've already watched highlights. Um, so this yeah game, yeah just be, compared to the first one, sorry that I I just feel like although Leverkusen tried to make a comeback, um, when you look at each half's statistics, yeah. mind you, I didn't realize Lucio played for Leverkusen oh, yeah, yeah. then. That was a surprise when I saw him score. What a team they had, though. Yeah, Leverkusen had a really good team. Berbatov came off the bench. Um, Balak in midfield. If this, if that game was to win an award, it would be for having the biggest display and variance of shooting that football has to offer from mm-hmm. Michael Balak. I think putting on two left boots to Zinedine Zidane, putting his right boot on his left foot, like, (laughs) although I think Zidane actually might have been left-footed, was just ridiculous. The amount of shots that Michael Ballack had go 10, 15 yards wide were just shocking. Some of the shooting from Leverkusen was abysmal. But, Aaron, you'll be pleased to know that, obviously, for our last podcast we had the Valdez versus Cassias debate I've changed my yeah. mind so for anyone 
I didn't realise honestly, but I I, to- I totally forgot that he came on as a sub in this game because um, Cesar got injured. He comes on and he wins the game for them. Like he mm-hmm. makes one really really smart save, and I was like, oh, that's good. And then from I think it's from the resulting corner, he makes a save where he's diving with his hands to his left bottom hand post and the ball goes back across and he just sticks out his leg and saves it with his foot from four yards out or something and then he makes another great save after I was like oh fair enough mate like you've done more than the other goalkeeper in the 15 minutes that you played and you definitely did more than Victor Valdez so Aaron from last week's podcast we can make that change (laughs) Um, but yeah that game I'll be honest, spoiler, it's fifth for me, so it's only one ahead of you. I found what I really liked about this game was, obviously, all the goals happened in the first half. Some really good goals, really good quality in the goals. But then, in the second half, you're right, got hit a bit of a lull. But then the last 20 minutes, I remember, were absolutely brilliant. As soon as Cassius came on as well, it was just ridiculous. It went up to 96 minutes. And they were just peppering mm-hmm. the goal. And they must have had... I didn't look at the stats, but they must have had so many shots. Um, according to according to online, the Champions League, UEFA website, whatever, um, in the second half, Leverkusen had eight shots with yeah. three on target. But I think I they must have maybe... all have came the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I, I... Yeah. Like I don't, I thought I remembered Kisses making more saves, unless the, they counted one of them shots as like going onto the yeah. post or whatever. The very, I don't know how these kind of stats no, get no, made. To be really, fair, but... Leverkusen just missed sitters as well. Like they were hitting them wide. Michael Ballack, like I say, was hitting shots a long way wide. And obviously, we know Michael Ballack's a quality mm-hmm. player, but he just did not have. He didn't yeah. turn up that day. Um, and Zidane did. The um. Yeah, just for the benefit mm-hmm. of any listeners as well, I've watched all of these finals except for the Real Madrid beating Valencia 3-0 and Bayern Valencia 1-1. Uh, so you have more... Yeah. You like remember the moment and kind of watching the highlights yeah. and like reliving the Re- it. And... The Real Madrid-Leverkusen yeah. game, I only, to be fair, I only saw the first half of that and then had to go to bed. <laughs> and then I've, I've just seen the highlights for the, for the second half. And then every other game I've watched mm-hmm. all the way through. In the Man United Bayern Munich game, like I say, I was really young, but with it being like I'd never seen an English team in the Champions League final before, so I turned on in my room upstairs and I think I was out to watch the first half of that as well. But then after that I had to go in my room and every time my parents came upstairs, I was like, turn it off and then they go down, I turn it back on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thankfully got the goals. Um Yeah, my sixth place was Man United Chelsea. It was just the rain. I think spoiled it a bit. It I, I didn't find it an overly interesting yeah. game. Like the, the the shootout was full of drama. Like it's so high because of the shootout. To be honest, if it had finished, if someone else had scored, mm-hmm. it would be probably beneath. Ah no, probably where it is anyway. But the penalty shootout established it in sixth because that was genuinely really exciting that's one of the Mm. best I think if you took away the fact that Liverpool came from three goals behind against Milan 
I think that Man United Chelsea game is probably the best penalty shootout I've seen in the Champions League final. Just because obviously yeah. Chelsea were Chelsea had won until the captain slips. But it was yeah. And I think as well with that penalty shootout is that the the goalkeepers went the right way most yeah. of the time. And so it was really good penalty goalkeeping as well as really yeah. good penalty taking. So it was quality the on pens both sides. Really when... good quality. Mm-hmm. And even if the goalkeeper went the right way, it was because of the quality of the pen yeah. that made it go into the goal. Not like a goalkeeper should have got there. So getting into the top five now, Aaron. Um, do you want to give me your fifth, fourth, and third? Okay. So fifth, I have Milan. Versus Liverpool. The 2-1, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I have the team winning it first, which I don't know. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. That's, what I did. <laughs> That's how I remembered it. So, yeah. I guess the rematch at fifth. Yeah. Um, okay. I then have Man United versus Chelsea. Okay. And then I have Barcelona versus Man United. I have in fifth place. I've already told, I've already told you. The Real oh, yeah. versus Liverpool. <laughs> That's <isn't>. true. <laughs> um... I've got in fourth place. <laughs> Everyone's gonna rage on us here. Man United versus Bayern Munich. Ooh. <laughs> I remember the game, god damn it. Um and in third place, exactly the same, Barcelona and you. Cool. At least we agree on one. <laughs> yeah, let's um talk about your fifth then. So why do you think Milan Liverpool was better than what I thought Milan Liverpool was? So the reason that I liked it was when I was starting to go, I think it's more of the nostalgia for me. When I started to get into football, I was looking at, because I only really had that season, the Milan-Chelsea, and then I could only go backwards because it was the summer. So I had to wait for the Euros and everything to to get started in 2008. And so I was looking at, who was the best player in the world at that moment? And Kaká was, had yeah. won the Ballon d'Or. And so I was watching AC Milan highlights like throughout the summer. I basically relived that whole entire season. <laughs> um, they had an unreal team. I think it was more so the story of Milan getting their revenge on Liverpool and the watching Kaká and them Milan being the first team that I really like doves really deep into that kind of made it a bit higher I would say out of all the Serie A teams I'm probably an AC Milan fan I mean I've seen I went to a game so I would say that it was kind of black and red tinted glasses okay fair enough um but for the same reasons we were saying before I would, I'm probably would change that. I like, well, I'll do that at the end. Sorry, I'm yeah. like keep breaking up in my sentences. I've got so many thoughts. <laughs> Turn it to Stephen Hawkins again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think just rewatching the matches, the I enjoyed watching this game because of the story of the rematch. Yeah. And, Kaká being one of my all-time favourite players. 
car back in the day. Absolute quality. I almost had the chance to go and watch him uh, in the MLS. I was over in Florida with the weekend that Orlando were playing. Yeah, but and he didn't. I was gonna, I was gonna go to a game, but he got red carded the week before. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so he wasn't, so he wasn't gonna play. So I was like, no, I'm not gonna watch an MLS yeah, for a, game for the fun of it. <laughs> for a, for a card, for a card, he loves a red card. To be fair, I can think <clears> of worse things to do than watch an MLS game in Orlando. Yeah, at least you've admitted to your red and black tinted glasses. And I think that's what all it was. And again, it is. That's when I started to like football. So it's kind of you're just taking it all in, and, yeah. and probably the video I watched as well for the others contributed to that one ranking higher. Yeah, like I don't think it was that video being great. I think it's most of the other ones being shorter. Because yeah. now that you've told me about Barcelona, Arsenal. That one probably would go above it. And even Real Madrid, Leverkusen. But yeah, yeah, black and red tinted glasses. The Sans Hero is amazing. If you, well, you won't have the chance really to That's go again. <laughs> if so. you've got the chat, oh no, you're not going to have the chance. <laughs> Apologies. Moving I keep on. forgetting that football is <laughs> basically stopped. And also, it's on the, haven't, aren't going to knock it down and rebuild something else. Yeah, so I'm not happening? sure what's going to happen with that anymore. Because Shame. with Northern Italy, obviously that was the worst with the virus. Yeah. So that building and stuff on the new stadium hasn't even broke ground, I don't think. So yeah. I think they're going to stay in there for another another year. But I'm not sure. I haven't like. No one knows. Got more imp- they've got more important things to yeah. be reporting on in Italy. So. Yeah, like health. Yeah. Nothing's more important than football, Aaron. I've got, so you've got fourth place, Man United versus Chelsea. Yeah. So, so yeah, that that is obviously your first ever final. Really good memories for you. Talk to me about it. Yeah, so that was I think obviously I've been through the the story before, but for those who can't be bothered to go <laughs> back and listen. Everyone. <laughs> um I was out doing something maybe with friends I can't really remember but when I got back in it was the it was the end of the 90 minutes um oh so you missed so, the full game but my dad had also missed because he came out to pick me up and is your dad so, a Man United fan or Liverpool your dad's Irish he, yeah he's a Man United fan okay. well he was at the time he doesn't like football anymore oh goodness bless him um <laughs> And so we both, he had recorded the game, but we didn't know what the score was. All we knew was that it's getting to the end of the game. Oh, okay. So I didn't actually know the what was happening or whatever. So we watched it and I was just in the living room on my phone texting and stuff like that. And we ended up watching the full game. And before I knew it, I was just totally engrossed in the final. Oh, fair enough. Uh, like him just jumping up and down, just going crazy when Lampard came in and scored that goal. Because that was, it was a defensive error. Yeah, there was lots of defensive errors. Again, it was because of the rain. Van der Sar didn't have a great game until the, the shootout. No. He had a really bad game until the shootout. Yeah. because he's a bad keeper. I didn't realise that until, I didn't realise that until watching the highlights, how bad of a game he had. Because you just remember the moment on when he is putting his hands in the saving, air after saving that goal. Pen, yeah. 
Yeah, he had a yeah, really bad game. So, uh, Drogba obviously being sent yep. off. Uh, I remember my dad was very happy about that. Yeah. Was it Vinic that got him <laughs> um, sent off? Was that? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And so I have got a lot of fond memories of this uh, match. Balak again on the losing side yeah. of the <laughs> Champions League final. Um, but I think just with the two teams and the excitement of seeing my dad jumping up and down when Van der Sar saved. Yeah, so it's obviously... And the emotions of a penalty shootout, which I'd yeah. never experienced before. It's obviously very personal to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get that. And there'll be Man United fans that'll have this and the my fourth pick is top, top two. Mm-hmm. It's their teams. Um, obviously, I've got no... I don't care. <laughs> for any of these teams <laughs> I don't care I, I'll be honest obviously every time an English team's played I've wanted the English team to win mm-hmm. as you do but I've never go as far as say as I was gutted for any of them to lose either yeah um, I think it was a it was my first time experiencing Cristiano Ronaldo as well really so I've yeah, so obviously he this was his record-breaking season in the Premier League. So obviously he was in in form and just but just that header, like that's your first impression of Ronaldo. You can just like just an absolute freak. Yeah, just <laughs> jumping that high to head the ball. And so uh, obviously from following football from then on in, I uh, knew how much, uh, how many times he would continue to show them types of athleticism. Yeah. So he's a f- just an absolute phenom, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I, I I enjoyed the goal scorers. I thought it was fitting that Lampard and Ronaldo scored. Like you want the best players to turn up. And at the time and they were the I... two best Sorry. mid I think they were the two best midfielders in the league. I know like was Ronaldo Ford was he midfielder? Who cares? Um Lampard definitely midfielder. And it was just nice for both, of, like, for them to be the goal scorers. I thought, yeah, cool. Because obviously at this point, I didn't, I didn't know Ronaldo was going to go on to win another four more. Yeah, and so I, I enjoyed this completely as a neutral and two good teams yeah. who were always battling back and forth for the leagues at that point. Yeah. So. Um. Um. My fourth choice is obviously going to raise some eyebrows. Man United versus Bayern Munich. I'm ready for the hate, Aaron. I'm ready for the for the haterade. <laughs> you gave your Instagram out last week. I know. <laughs> we don't have enough <laughs> listeners. No one cares. Um, That's true. Yeah, so the reason I put this game was um, it got good <laughs> in the last three minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was rubbish. Like, it wasn't rubbish, but it wasn't very good. It was basically... It was basically one dominant team battering the life out of Man United. Bayern Munich were way better. They controlled the game. They passed the ball really well. They created chances. They hit the um, hit the woodwork twice. Sami uh, Kufour was absolutely unbelievable at the back. Like Man United could not get a sniff. They couldn't get a sniff. 
the players weren't playing very well. David Beckham ran his socks off in this game. Mm-hmm. Like he gets so little praise for how good of a player he was, and everything's always about or oh, how you know pretty man Becks. I've never seen a player run as much. He used to run more than Roy Keane. Yeah, like. I want to talk about covering blades of grass. Everyone always talks with the grease thing for David Beckham. Oh, how good was the free kick? I remember again watching that game. And the thing that I always remember is David Beckham playing in all four positions of midfield when the other three went missing. Up, mm-hmm. down, left, right. He was everywhere. He was unbelievable. And then obviously Duke, he comes up with Ferris the first corner, comes out, Giggsy plays it in for Sharon to score. Second delivery's magnificent for Sharon to get the flick on to Solskjaer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game itself was just... It it should have just been 1-0. Like, it was a 1-0 game all over. It would have been close to the bottom of this list, this game, if it wasn't for the last two minutes. Which is... Interesting. Which is why yeah. it's default. Like, if those two... Like, I know that's a bit stupid to say, well, if those two goals didn't go in, they did go in. But they both happened post-91 minutes. So if you just watch mm-hmm. this game up to 90 minutes, you'd be like, this game was rubbish. It was a 1-0 and the t- other team got battered. It wasn't like... You know how you're talking about the Man City-Watford game? It wasn't like the team got battered, but at least we got six goals. Yeah. We got a goal... They've hit the post and crossbar a couple of times. This game gets up to fourth because of all that drama at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a neutral, it's not my team anyway. Like I was buzzing at the time because I never. I was yeah. like, an English team just won the Champions League. What? I, mean, I think I'm nine years old, eight, eight turning nine, something like that. Nine turning ten, can't mm-hmm. remember. Like, what is happening here? This is amazing. And at the time, I like, even though I'm a Newcastle fan, I liked Man United at the time because. I think I've mentioned this before, they had Andy Cole. Yeah. Um, and Andy, like, I was always too young to understand that Andy Cole is a Judas. But <laughs> Newcastle, <laughs> uh, I was just like, well, yeah, he's Andy Cole. Like, I I was heartbroken when I found out Andy Cole wasn't from Newcastle. I was like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean he's not from here? He lives at St. James's Park. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, I used to call St. James's Park Andy Cole's house. Idiots, kids are idiots. I've said this before. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't for those moments at the end, this game is a nothing game. It was. Mm-hmm. And the most disappointing thing is obviously Roy Keane and Paul Scholes didn't play in it. Like, yeah. So it wasn't the best Man United team. They'd played better in other games. It was a bit of a damp squib, the game. Bayern Munich played proper German football like really really boring efficient football not like how it is nowadays um, but back in the day German teams are known for just being boring and efficient and brutal and that's exactly what turned up that day against a Man United team with Jesper Blomqvist on the left wing because I'm sure Ryan Giggs yeah. and David Beckham played centre mid or something ridiculous. I don't know, maybe Ryan Giggs played on the wing and Blomquist played on the other, but it was rubbish either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Nicky Butt played in the middle. Like, look, I mean, I've just said that midfield, right? Ryan Giggs, who that season got, I think, I think three goals and two assists or something really low. 
Yeah, it was something. Um, he, Jasper Blomquist, <laughs> and then Nicky Button, David Beckham in midfield. Like, that's that's not what you think of with Man United. And again, it was all about the drama, and the drama was amazing. And that's what football. That's what football's about. That's why we love football. That's why we will always come back because anything can happen. And it's amazing that it did happen. I'm really happy that it did happen to make it less of a rubbish game. But I can't just put it in my top three because of a bit of drama at the end. Right, yeah. A good point. Valid point. Um, both third place. This would be nice and easy to talk about. Barca, Man United. Yes. This was a really good game. It was like end-to-end. Man United's had some really good chances to take the lead, snatching grab from Barcelona. Then in this, I think for me, what I enjoyed about this game is I got two sides for the first half. I got an end to end spectacle of two teams really pushing each other. Cristiano Ronaldo was so good in that first half. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really was like the best player. I felt like it was the best players in the world doing their best. Um, and then in the second half, what we saw was something else where it was just a domination by Barcelona, but it was just something that was mesmerising to watch. Like, yeah. it was something that, at this point, our generation hadn't really seen before. Like, it, mm-hmm. there's always been great teams. Like, if you look at that Real Madrid team, they are great players, but they were still, like, quite sporadic. They never... Even in that Leverkusen game with Zidane and Makaleli in centre midfield, they didn't control the game. They just had better players to outscore teams. The the Barca Arsenal game I'll talk to, like that was not the way it looks. That was the first time that I saw a team just control every, like control everything. That wasn't, you know, like Man United versus Fulham or something. Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, fair enough. It was a top team controlling the second best team in Europe because Man United were the second best team in Europe that year, quite comfortably. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Barcelona played them like they were children in the second half. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was yeah. like, I'd just never seen it before. So I managed to get both from the game. I managed to get really end to end football in the first half and then a spectacle of control in the second. Mm-hmm. Something that I remember from the match was in the pre-match uh, discussions. What? So I was out with a few friends on the day. I remember one of my friends being like, "I don't rate Messi. <laughs> Every time I've seen oh, him play, he he doesn't do anything." And so, because we were, that, I think that was when the Ronaldo versus Messi debates really started, yeah. and this final was when they were playing each other. Yeah, and so we were all like, "Oh, who do you think will do better?" And he was like, "Messi. I've never seen Messi do anything." And <clears throat> and I just thought it was when I saw his leap, outrageous. I was like, "Whoa, what's he doing?" And because uh, for those who also haven't listened to the first few podcasts the i remember actively rooting against barcelona because of their semi-final against chelsea against chelsea 
because I again wanted a rematch. You can tell I just love the yeah. story. We all do. We all love the narratives of football. We all do. Something that I found interesting with this challenge was back then, I hated it. I would have had this final really low. But now that I understand football a little better, some people might not be able to tell from listening to this podcast. <laughs> but um, I can un- I understand football a little bit better. I was able to watch the actual quality of the players and the tactics yeah. and understand what was going on. And so <clears throat> seeing Messi, Iniesta, Xavi, Eto, Henri, all attack together unbelievable yeah it was like special and even and even right like heading the other direction park rooney ronaldo like working so well to to try and neutralize the barcelona attack but also create decent yeah. chances themselves and so i just thought watching this match back on the highlights i was able to get a lot more things out of it compared to what yeah. I did when I was watching it at the time and you probably had the same with all the finals yeah, um, well I genuinely thought Ronaldo played better than Messi in the game mm-hmm. Messi did get the goal and what a goal what a goal yeah. like it is so high in the air and he isn't tall but then to have that control of the finish when he's his feet must be four foot in the air and he's got that mm-hmm. control against one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Okay. He left yeah, him standing. Like, unbelievable like, goal. Van der Sar didn't have a chance. The player for that game, but Eto played quality as well. But Xavi and mm-hmm. Iniesta were just on another level. They were on another planet to every other player on the pitch in that game. Them two mm-hmm. were just something else. Oh, it just must be horrible to play against them. Them two with Messi dipping into holes must just be like a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And even back then, like Thierry Henry wasn't like he was. He wasn't. As well, he was good at Arsenal. What I remember seeing he at Arsenal, more, but he still wasn't a bad player. He was a player. quality player. He was more disciplined. He had a role. He had a place in Arsenal. He had like a free role up front. He could drift off to yeah. the left to pick it up. He could drop deep. He could stay on the stay on the last man again behind you could do whatever you wanted basically and he had players around him with Guardiola at Barcelona I remember Henri was saying he, um, he got told where to be what to do and he he didn't do it for one game in the first half he did what he wanted scored the goal Barcelona went in a half time 1-0 and Guardiola took him off and like Guardiola's argument apparently was if he hadn't done that, if he had done what he's told, it might be 3 0 up. Um, it's mad. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- the attention I think you're stifled. It's crazy. Um, yeah. But but going on to top two now, who have you, who have you got for second? So, I've got in second Liverpool versus. No, I'm joking. Oh. I'm ch- <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> Ah, oh, you've made us nibble so much there. <laughs> no. I have nibbled. I hate you. <laughs> no, so second, I've got Man United versus Bayern Munich. And okay. top, Liverpool versus AC Milan. The first round. Liverpool-Milan. 
Yeah, I've got um, in second Barca Arsenal. Who have you got in in seventh? <laughs> yeah, in seventh. Um, and I've got Liverpool Milan top. So um, second place. Right, you tell me why Man United Bayern's your second. So I think that it was second because I think it was more so the narrative outside of it, like being like treble winning, a treble yeah. winning team, uh, legendary players, like this team, because if they hadn't won this match, I don't think they would have been talked about as one of the Premier League's all-time greatest teams. I agree. I completely agree. And so, like, because with the current Liverpool team, obviously with their achievements being the first team to, like, beat every team and stuff like that, um, there's always talks on which Premier League team is better. Are they better than the Invincibles? Are they better than the treble-winning United? And I think it's down to the last five minutes, as you say, down to them that this team is remembered as one of the best and who knows like what you were saying before with some of the players who from that game were able to go on and do amazing things in their career like I think a lot of these Man United players wouldn't have had as much success in the future if they had lost that final that's just my opinion. Um, I, I'd I'd probably disagree with that. Uh, I think I think it is what it is. I think lots of the players didn't do much else. Like if you, what Yapstam got sold, uh, Ronnie Johnson, like you got Henenberg and David May, like yeah, not really much. But so like, I wasn't you, really focusing on them. So I was more so about. Gary Neville becoming the captain for the team later on, who also gets talked about as one of the great Premier League teams. Yeah. Um, fair enough, fair enough with Ronaldo. Nev. But like, I think Beckham would have just been Beckham. And, yeah. So, um, I think, like, obviously I don't know the psychology of the players, but I think Sir Alex Ferguson... It became a standard that his teams would win, and I feel like, like in the last few minutes, and I feel like this game was kind of the foundation for that. Even though he had done it before, even earlier in the season, he could go off this match, and everyone who had played for his teams had probably seen this match. And it's one of the games that have really made Man United. Um. Not that they weren't big before, but like when they came in to a Sir Alex Ferguson team, they knew the expectation coming in because of games like these. And so I think the story off the field, not necessarily the match itself, is the reason I have it so high. And I remember hearing an interview, I can't remember with which ex-player, but he said that his coach said to him that it's very hard to play in finals. You either win or you lose them. Yeah. So basically meaning that the nerves of the final will get to you 
and it's hard to play your game. Yeah, for sure. But and so I for this match especially, I don't know whether it was rose tinted glasses, but I was kind of looking past it and looking at what the team itself achieved and the importance of that game just in general history of football. Yeah, it's a massive game. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I've got it so high because yeah. I agree with what you were saying before. The match itself wasn't great. Man United didn't have their strongest team. Bayern Munich were dominant doing the basics so easy. Like, we're making it look so easy, sorry. Yeah. Um, I reckon they just thought they had had the game won in the last few minutes. Yeah. I agree. Like, it, I agree with what you're saying. That's why, I, again, that's why I think I've got them fourth and not I, eighth, eighth mm-hmm. and not second. Like, yeah. I found that was like a reasonable balance for everything going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Barcelona, Arsenal. So your seventh place. <laughs> yeah, you oh. said you were going to tell me all the positives about this. So. What a game! What I mean, game, I don't Aaron. doubt there isn't positives, but what a game! Like, oh, I, like I remember watching this game, and it was just amazing. So it had so much drama from the beginning. So Arsenal start off. Batter in Barcelona should be one 0 up. Thierry Henry misses an absolute sitter. Then, obviously Barcelona against the run of play come bursting through. Samuel Eto'o, who was outrageously good that game, um, does the business. Lehman ends up getting a sent off. Drama because you're like, oh my god, this is only going one way. Almunia's in net. Perez gets taken off instead of Haleb. What's happening here? Arsenal still the better team, and it's it's end when because you've got ten men versus eleven. For anyone that hasn't seen it, it's the wrong decision to send Lehman off. He should be booked, and the Barcelona goal should stand. That's what should have happened, but instead he blew, gave a free kick, and sent the keeper off because yeah, Barcelona that, yeah. Barcelona did put the ball in the net um, after the foul, so that was crazy. Um, and then Abue dives. <laughs> One of the first dives I've ever seen. The ref gives it anyway. The referee had a shocker this game. Then um, obviously Saul Campbell scores the header and you're like, what is happening? They're down to 10 men against Barcelona with all these players. And the winning 1-0, what is going on? An Englishman scored a header. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the celebrations were amazing. And then for the rest of that first half, it was a genuinely end-to-end game. And Barcelona were playing not very well. In particular, Ronaldinho didn't turn up. Like, yes. He think... was awful in this game. And just to make it clear, I think Ronaldinho is quality. Like, I'm not saying Ronaldinho is a bad player. He is an incredible player. And he's been incredible for such a long time. He's still incredible in prison. <laughs> he but, was one of them players where even if you didn't know about football, you, you knew still about knew about him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he had such a unique look. He always smiling. His big goofy teeth. His long hair. Like his way of running. His way of dribbling. Like he's so unique. Just in this game, he did everything wrong. His passing was dreadful. He was already dribbling. He's his ability to pick the ball up and drive and drag Barcelona four or five yards 
further up the pitch, was really good in the game. His finishing was cataclysmic. Yeah. It was, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. One of his shots must have went 20 yards wide. And he just sort of smiled afterwards. Like, and he should have scored. It wasn't like a, oh, he's had a, he's had a pop shot and it's gone massively wide. It was like, that was a chance. But the introduction of Iniesta, a young Iniesta, changed the game for Barcelona. Like, mm-hmm. you pick, they changed the formation. Um, he came in, they put an extra man in midfield. They've got, obviously, extra players anyway because of the sending off. And from then, it was just like a bloodbath. But Arsenal held on for so long. And at 1 0, Kleb managed to get up the other end of the pitch. And he's missed a sit. <laughs> it's not really a sitter, but he's missed a really good chance uh, on his left foot. He's hit it wide. And you're like, oh, that goes in. And because of that one chance, you know what's going to happen. You know Barcelona are going to pepper them. But you know Arsenal can get one on the counter. You know that they are. At this point, the best team in the world at counter-attacking football. Mm-hmm. So you've you've got this thing where if Barcelona keep on doing it, they're going to knock the door down. Because you've got to remember at this point when I'm watching it, you don't know what the score's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the best counter-attacking team in the world with 10 men. You're like, this is incredible. This could not be any better. And then, yeah, Iniesta sort of sort of really dictating the play. Gets the ball on Larson. Larson... What an assist. Just the faintest of touches. I don't even know how we knew Eto was there. And then yeah. Eto, Niepo's finish. Eto, what a player. What a player. For the that final, he was quality. He was really good all game, even when he was a bit isolated. And then, um, obviously, in the next final mm-hmm. against um, against Man United, uh, I know it wasn't the next one, but the next one he played in against Man United, gets the goal then as well. He's so clinical. Unbelievable striker, Samueletto. And again, it felt like you were starting to watch the best players in the world do their thing, except for, unfortunately, Ronaldinho. Yeah. I then, remember watching yeah. Samueletto at St. James's Park. Was it from New York or something? Or... Anzi Machacala. Oh, so however, however you pronounce it, in the Europa League when they got there and he hit the crossbar from a free kick. But even then, like, just so scared of because at any moment you knew his quality could just turn a yeah. slight half chance into a goal. He's a class apart, class mm-hmm. apart. Uh, I find he's very underrated in terms of when people talk about strikers, he's so important. I think it was recently when he retired, but they were talking, or maybe it was Yaya Toure, they were talking about who is the best African player. Of all time. Uh, Eto. And and it's Samuel Eto'o Eto wasn't even in the discussion. And I was Same. like... and I, Mind you, all of these people were Premier League pundits. So I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah. They were all like, Ooh, I think Mohamed Salah is in the conversation. And I'm like, like he hasn't had the longevity that Eto'o yeah. has. He's not won what Eto'o has. I just... I, as soon as I heard Eto'o wasn't even in the shortlist, I turned it off. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I don't even know who they... Said it, in the end, it spoils it when someone's missing. I like. I don't mind if you go, oh well, actually, I think the Ayotura is better because of this, for this reason, mm-hmm. or Salah's better for this reason. But if not, you want to put him in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. You're insane because exactly. he probably is the best. He's got, 
hasn't he won like three Champions Leagues or something? Stupid. Like, yeah, did he win with Inter yeah. Milan and two of Barcelona? I'm not going to fact check because it get, sounds right. <laughs> get in the bin, whoever hasn't put him there. But yeah, that game and then um, Belletti gets the winner. And obviously you just see the emotions on both teams. Mm-hmm. I think it that was... Belletti goal killed the hopes that Arsenal had because obviously what you were saying, counter-attack, which is something that I didn't know from watching the highlights, Yeah, was how good they were in the counter-attack. Yeah, like I think it wasn't, this was a year removed. Wasn't this like two years or three years removed from the invincible season? Uh, it wasn't too far after. Maybe when was it? it was two thousand and six? I think so. It's two years. Because obviously Vieira's not in the team, so anyway, yeah, it's not. It's I think it's about two years after the Invincibles, something like that. Right, but um, because they they still were a dominant team. Oh yeah, like and the players they so... had were outrageously good. It was the weren't amazing. So basically, in that game, the weren't in the second half, amazing at countering. But mm-hmm. what you had was, you created that one counter. I think they created two counters. But in the league, you knew Arsenal as a team that could get from back to front in seconds. Like, mm-hmm. they'd rip you apart. Um, You'll probably remember it a bit more like what Man United used to do in 2008, 2009, where if they're playing yeah, someone yeah. week, they'd batter them. But if they're playing against a really strong team, did use Ronaldo and Rooney as the force of a counter. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsenal... I remember the counter-attacking goal against Arsenal. Yeah, exactly. Like... That is the most Arsenal-type goal to score against Arsenal. Oh, cool. Like, cool. You know, I think Arsenal once scored a goal of the season. Vieira scored a three-yard tap-in because oh. it, was, it was that. That's cool. It was ridiculous against Tottenham, I think. Because you knew Arsenal were capable of it and they'd done it like once or twice, but they couldn't, didn't have the 11 men and the goalkeeping force of Jens Lehmann. Like, everything was like ifs and buts. Oh, this could happen, but this could happen, but this could happen, but then this could happen. It was just, at the time, quality. It was so... Mm-hmm. When you don't know what the final score is going to be, it's obviously a lot more exciting. Yeah, I can understand that. And there are there were just so many little things happening. It was just a great final to watch. And Barcelona picked up throughout the game because the, they played really poorly. In the first half give Arsenal hope because they were the better team even with 10 men mm-hmm. um, until li- literally Iniesta came on changed the game just completely changed the game the little genius mm-hmm. and he was young then this wasn't prime Iniesta this is like I can't start for Barcelona Iniesta yeah m- my uncle said that when he went to go and watch a Barcelona match um, luckily he was able to go and he said that Barcelona was struggling. It was a it was a game after a Champions League game, and yeah, it wasn't that Barcelona were losing. It was just it was a very very tight nil nil. Yeah, and apparently in the middle of the second half, Iniesta came, and he said the atmosphere in the entire stadium went from tense to ah, uh, like we know he's yeah, <laughs> we know he's on the field, and we know he will just take control and a. Uh, Barcelona went on to win 4-0. Oh, my. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, he's it, it's, it, it might not be, even though he is a class player, his influence, obviously, from a young age, was noticed and was exactly what was needed in that moment. Yeah, I think he's he's just... The, he's... Zidane is... If you need an individual, yeah, Zidane's probably the best midfielder of our lifetime. 
But in terms of like a, a generation, like Zidane is just a little bit like it's in, he's out. He's like, he's very 90s to mid 2000s. Yeah. For my sort of teenage years, Iniesta for me is just the best the best midfielder by an absolute mile. He's so good. So, so good. And I'd love to see like him and Zidane in the same team. Oh, dream. Oh, goodness. Too much. Too much. Um, <laughs> we've both got Liverpool Milan in first. Like, this doesn't need any explaining. If you've been in a closet somewhere, on paper, that Milan team were insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always stood by this, though. Clarence Seedorf is one of the most overrated players ever. He just is. Like, I know he's got a good FIFA card and he's the <laughs> first player to win three Champions Leagues with three different teams. But if you look at those teams that he played in, like, he didn't do anything. I, yeah, I just never really rated Clarence Seedorf. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a machine. Like, he's an absolute machine. And even now, it's probably 50 He's got a rig on him. He's so fit and healthy. It's a joke. Like, he's probably 1% fat. So, I imagine, yeah, it was probably not great to play against him. But other than that, their team was quality Milan's team. Liverpool mm-hmm. had Jimmy Triori. Although, right, you get to stick Jimmy Triori, and rightfully so, because he's one of the worst players I've ever seen. But in this game, he did clear a shot off the line. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Without Jimmy Triori, they wouldn't have won the Champions League. Um, yeah, just did you? You didn't watch this game live, did you? No, no. This was this was. Before. Oh my god! So I watched this game live, and this this is the best game I've ever seen, ever in any in any format for a team that I don't support. I'll throw that in there as a neutral. Best game I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. again, you had everything. First half is just ruthless dominance. I think Liverpool got one chance and you're like, oh my God, I never saw that. And Maldini with his header, like the most iconic defender of all time, probably. Yeah. Um, maybe like a Beckenbauer. But like, yeah, for our, for this generation, certainly Maldini bullet header 1-0 and then Kaka just ruins them his pass <sighs> for the third goal for Crespo and then Crespo's it's... finish like it's just uh-huh. it's what you pay money for yeah like it, it's nice for Liverpool fans knowing that they won the game to have paid to have seen that goal even though it was against them mm-hmm. like it's insane it's the precision of the pass oh my god is just into his run, like it's so perfect. Then Chef Shenko's playing really well. Does he get the assist for the second goal? I think for Crespo. Yeah, I re- yeah, I just remember watching this. I was downstairs uh, at home, and I think my parents were upstairs. So I would have been fourteen or fifteen for this game, and um, yeah, I had it on the big TV. I was just like, yeah, we'll watch this, and it was just. I felt really sorry for the Liverpool fans. I really did. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted Liverpool to win, but a 3-0, I was like, this is... You're kind of just hoping that it's a good second half. Like, you just wanted... Yeah. It would have been easy for Milan to drop off and Liverpool not to try. 
in a three nil, maybe gets you can envisage like a four nil with a, a fourth goal being scored in the eighty second minute or something. You're like, oh, okay. But the turnaround is just unbelievable. Like AC Milan's captain scores, so Liverpool's captain's got a score with a header. Gets up, bang, get in, like drags that team, Steven Gerrard. Absolutely drags mm-hmm. them. Then you've got obviously a bit of fortune from uh, Vladimir Smitsa, really good effort. And it's just like, it's so dogged. It's not like there's not loads of moments of quality from Liverpool. It's just dogged determination. And the thing that I really appreciate about it is, like, fair enough, you need class to play in the Champions League final. You need class to play football at that level. But whatever level you're playing at, you will have your final. Whatever it is in life, you will have your final. And I just think Liverpool showed that guts and determination and not giving up are worth so much. Mm-hmm. And and I think... Yeah, sorry. Go I've, I've, just going off that, I think kind of what I was saying for the Man United match, that that could have been a foundation for future teams. Liverpool comebacks in the Champions League is just most... Well, other than this season, <laughs> are more likely a given. Yeah. And they've done incredible comebacks. And I reckon if it wasn't for matches like this and also their dominance in the early, like in the 90s and 80s, etc. Yeah, this set was like, 70s and 80s for them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, but in, the, like, the players who play now in their lifetime, like, this is the kind of matches that set the expectation for Liverpool teams. Yeah. That we are not going to give up. If we're even if we're losing by four nil, whatever, we're gonna give it everything because you never know. Yeah, and yeah, honestly, it was an incredible game. Yeah, it was. Um, Gerard definitely dives. Definitely dives. Um, <laughs> don't care. I was thinking that, but I definitely don't really dives. Care. Like, don't care. <laughs> um, Alonso, like even Javi Alonso, Silky's from Javi Alonso gets up, misses the pen, then scores the rebound. You're like. Sort off, Jabby. Mm-hmm. Like, just because getting a pen to make a 3-3 wasn't enough drama, he had to miss it first before scoring. Oh, mm-hmm. Can you imagine being one of those Liverpool fans when he missed? And then he scores. I know. I know. And just the, you would have to check yeah. on your family, wouldn't you? All the members of your family, are you, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Is everyone still alive? Yeah. <laughs> But then extra time was unbelievable because Milan battered them. Like Liverpool were dead on the feet. Jamie Carragher genuinely played really well in that, that extra time. But the Jersey dude X save against Shevchenko, I remember watching it live. Like it's different when you watch it live because when you're watching highlights of the game, you know it's 3 3 and you know it goes to pen, you know nothing can go in. Mm-hmm. When you're watching that live and Shevchenko shoots from two yards out in Dudek by whatever god he believes in, by that god's grace, tips it over the bar. Like, I remember like thinking it had still gone in because it's a bit like you mm-hmm. know, when Darren Brown goes to shake someone's hand and then 
before they go to shake, like puts them into a deep sleep. And it's like, it's because yeah. it's meant to break up like a routine, a routine of what you know is going to happen. Yeah. That's what it was like. <laughs> because you're just like, <laughs> yeah. Why is it not in the net? Well, it's in the net. It's not in the net. It's up there, but it's, I'm sure that should go on the goal. I've never seen. I've never yeah. seen a save like it. Like I've seen save. Like I've seen some class saves. Mm-hmm. I've seen some class double saves, triple saves. Uh, David Seaman saving Field United in the semi final of the FA Cup when the ball's behind him and he saves it. But uh, nothing like that. Because even though he gets an arm to it, even though he gets a limb to it, there is no reason that that a shouldn't go in the back of the net or b just bounce off back off Shevchenko and bounce in it is it must be a billion to one that that happened and I just remember thinking yeah and that was so important because Shevchenko was missed from two yards out right I, it, it's hard I like I like to try and guess where people are going to put their pens or who's going to miss I'm usually alright mm-hmm. at it as well just not in terms of where people are going to put it on rubbish or that but I'm usually pretty good at guessing whether people are going to miss I remember the uh, the Germany Italy game. We've got like a, a large WhatsApp group, and I was putting in who's going to miss, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it was going to miss." Like it's just you can tell when people are walking up if they look confident or not, and also their previous penalty rates. Mm-hmm. Like Urzel, it's really obvious he's going to miss. He misses all these pens. Shevchenko walked up to that after missing that from two yards out with the look of "I don't want to be here" on my face. It looked like he had honestly looked like he had coronavirus. Like he was, he looked ill. He looked ill, and he scored the winning penalty against Juventus when they drew nil nil in our final. Didn't get the top ten for this. He walked up to it like a confident player, and he finished it like a confident player. Nothing about it was confident, but the yeah. penalty shootout was dramatic. Everything about it was dramatic. We got forty five minutes of world class quality. And then we got 45 Mm -hmm. minutes of being in a Hollywood movie. And then then we got the glory of extra time. And then we had the drama of penalties. There has never been a Champions League final like it. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like if there's a final, it always gets compared to 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 this one, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think it's deservedly the Um, best from that decade. Yeah, for sure. And I think the finals have definitely gotten better over time. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe his defences have got worse. Maybe his attackers have got better. I don't know. But I think if we were to compare these 10, let's say, um, to the 10 that we'll do next week or later on this week or whenever you want to do it for... um, for 2010 up to 2019, the quality of finals is way better. Except for yeah. that Liverpool-Milan game. And to be fair, the um, that Barca-Arsenal game was so good watching it. Is there any changes that you would make to yours? Um, I think you've convinced me to make Barcelona versus yeah. Arsenal higher. So, I would replay. I would push Milan, Liverpool, Real Madrid, Leverkusen down. Put Barcelona, Arsenal ahead of them. 
Nice. Yeah, I was pretty content with mine. Like I say, I've seen most of these games. For you, you hadn't. So it was like... Yeah, I feel like next week I'll be... Well, I'm like, yeah. But I, I, I can't even imagine people rolling their eyes at <laughs> some of my statements being like, oh, this match was awful. And they'll be like, what is he on about? <laughs> Look, I think people might see it differently. The People might see the Barca Arsenal game differently, especially if you're Arsenal fans. Um, they'd be fuming. Yeah. Uh, but it's just my opinion. I'm not a football expert. I... Like, yeah, I, I don't work for a football team. I don't analyze for a living. The only reason we're doing, the only reason we're doing this is because we're slightly exactly. good at fantasy like, football. We have fluked fantasy football up until this point. Decided to make a podcast, and then the whole world's gone to pot, and we need to fill in the gap. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was fun. Really good to go back to these. I really enjoyed it. If anyone's got the chance to go back have a watch of them just always try and remember that highlights don't tell the full story because there's drama in games when you don't know what the score is going to be and that like like so i mean that's one of the reasons why porto monaco real madrid valencia were pretty low it was never like once it got a two nil on those games it was never going to be anything different um, mm-hmm. yeah so but it was really fun uh, we will see everyone next week where like I've just mentioned earlier or maybe later on this week got a preference Aaron? Um, uh, we'll see <laughs> I've got a Disney quiz tomorrow night I've got another quiz on Friday night other than that I'm free um, where we will do the 2010 to 2019 uh, finals We'll rank those from 1 to 10. And hopefully, uh, we'll have just as much as a good time. But uh, Aaron, thank you very much. See you later. And uh, see everyone else again.